You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive, and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at chime.com build. That's chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's so good to be here with all of you. Uh, Before we get started, and I welcome our guests this evening, uh, just a brief reminder to stay with us during our commercial breaks to catch the latest news and information from our watch team of on-air contributors. We continue to be so very grateful for their support. Um, these corporate partners and the women who keep us up to date on what's happening in their companies and their industries. As we continue to expand into new markets, which is very exciting, we are always looking for additional corporate partners. So if you're interested in being a part of the show, feel free to email our associate producer, Taylor, at womentowatch.net. And that's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And be sure to download the podcast each and every week 
week to never miss a show and and sign up for our newsletter as well, um, where we have who's coming up and any events that are going to be taking place. So now I'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show uh, Jean Vidoni, who is president and CEO of Penn Community Bank, who happens to be one of our brand new sponsors and is going to be leading a financial segment for us. So I'm very thrilled to welcome Jean Vidoni to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. It's great to be here, and I'm very excited to to share more of your life story with our listeners so they can get to know you um, and, you know, kind of prepare for the segments that are going to be taking place. Um, First of all, I wondered you could talk a little bit about the community you grew up in in Allentown to give our listeners a sense of, of your background. Certainly. Um, I actually was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and my father moved our family when I was five, so I don't really remember much of of Cleveland, but I grew up on the west side of Allentown and, um, you know, kind of still considered a suburb of Philadelphia, and uh, it was... um, it was an interesting uh, community, and I ended up staying there through college uh, at Muhlenberg College. I never went away to college, uh, and I worked my way through school. So I worked for an advertising agency, uh, also in Allentown. So um, my entire, you know, education and where I started my career all um, all were in Allentown. Tell me, um, why did you decide to stay close to home for school? Well. Um, I kind of had a, a, a zigzaggy, I would call it, uh, high school education in that I was much more social than studious. And uh, yeah, so... I can relate to that. Yes, yes. And so um, I was very much interested in being out in the real world and navigating. So after going to college only one year, um, I decided to get a job full time. And that's really, they paid for my um, tuition back then and most of my books, which was kind of incredible. Um, And so there I did, you know, I got connected uh, very early on to a pretty exciting career in advertising while I was going to school. And and that kept me local. So I know that you went to St. Joe's University and got your MBA. Tell me what you were thinking at that time, what your aspirations were and your plans for what you would do career-wise. Sure. So um, I started my MBA before I had twin sons in 1987, and I did not finish that MBA until 2003. So if you stop and think about that, that was really a stop and start um, along the way. The other interesting fact is I never set foot on St. Joe's campus. And that's because Ursinus College, where I lived at the time in um, in Reading, in Berks County, actually had St. Joe's faculty come on site there for the entire program. So um, again, wow. I did something a little bit non-traditionally. Uh, it was it was part time. I tell everyone I remember sitting at the kitchen table with my uh, young teen sons all doing homework together by the time I, I finished that MBA. And it was really part of my career in banking uh, that was ongoing and continuous that um, I really felt the desire uh, and interest in, in getting that degree to be helpful, you know, uh, along the way with my career. So going to school and having twin sons at home is is a feat. And um 
I don't want to ask how, you know, your time management was, but I would love to know what kind of gave you the confidence that you could do that um, while still being, you know, a a mom with with twin boys. Yes. um, I've been asked that question before. I've thought about it a lot. Um, I would have to answer, I think it was probably my father who very early on was encouraging to me to be able to do whatever I wanted to do uh, with my life that gave me that confidence. And I'll tell you that as I became a mother, um, I still saw myself as an individual, as a person, as a woman with aspirations, with a desire to achieve. And that came first. Um, And so when I had the twins, I never saw myself as sacrificing. Um, As you know, many women do feel the need to do that. Um, I didn't have that dimension. And um, you'd have to ask my sons, but I I think that they would tell you that they turned out okay. And I'm, I'm you know, they saw me, they saw me as a person from the start. And, um, and then I managed from there. Yeah. I mean, your job, Jean, is a big job. You know, the CEO and president of a bank. Yes. Um, You know, we talk a lot on the show about examples that women um, offer um, from having the opportunity to lead across industries and companies. And what do you think you're teaching your boys, especially about women and the roles that they can and should be playing in society? Yes. Um, so first and foremost, right, not taking that back seat um, to say I defer, right? I defer my life. I defer my opinion um, and really being present in the room uh, with my own personality. And I would say that they know me very much as a human being. And then I would say my own journey, my personal journey as far as, you know, introspection, um, personal growth um, has been incredibly important. Um I come from less than ideal circumstances. However, I believe that there's no human being on earth that has ideal circumstances. So, um, but, you know, having the courage to navigate that and along the way has made me a better leader. Can you, can you talk about that a little, a little bit, Jean, when you say the circumstances that you came from were not ideal? Oh, so um, my mother had severe mental illness untreated. So um, I was in the midst of that while having a very strong and loving father, thank goodness. Um, So, uh, but right then and there, you can imagine that that, that dealt me a hand that um, was a little bit different than maybe some other families. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That, that's a very difficult thing to deal with as a young person. Is it something that that lasting effect, um, the ability to kind of overcome probably the anxiety and fear you had when you were young, is that something you've been able to conquer as, as an adult? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's taken, you know, many years, um, a lot of personal growth work. However, at the same time, I think it gave me the strength right off the bat, right? So from a very early age, I really had to navigate. First of all, I had to perceive energy in the room, right? From a person who may not be altogether there all the time. I had to become probably an adult sooner than later. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was more attractive to me than (laughs) trying to figure out what was going on at home. And then of course, the woman to woman, because when you're not attached to your mother, that is a 
pretty uh it's a long road um Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's given me a lot of strength and um the ability still to connect with so many women today which has been my substitute by the way yeah oh i love that um we're going to go into our first break when we come back we'll pick up on that stay with us for our watch team and we'll be back with gene fedoni the president and ceo of penn community bank now the women to watch health watch For HealthWatch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. In recent weeks, we discussed obesity and learned it can increase risk for over 200 other diseases, among them diabetes. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we spoke with Dr. Marie McDonnell, nationally recognized endocrinologist from Harvard Medical School, chief of diabetes section at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. Your body uses sugar for fuel, and insulin is the hormone that moves sugar into the cell. Diabetes comes in a few forms. Type 1 diabetes, the body produces little or no insulin. Type 2 diabetes, your body doesn't produce enough insulin and the cells respond poorly to insulin and take in less sugar. Type 2 used to be known as adult onset diabetes, but both type 1 and type 2 can begin during childhood or adulthood. Type 2 is more common in older adults, but the increase in numbers of children with obesity has led to more cases of type 2 in younger people. This chronic condition results in too much sugar circulating in the bloodstream. Most complications come from damage to blood vessels. Not clearly understood, but seems high sugars and fats cause a chemical reaction that leads to inflammation. Damage to large vessels causes stroke, high blood pressure, heart attack, even amputation. Damage to small vessels is the hallmark of diabetes. Small vessels supply your eyes, kidneys, nerves. So damage here leads to blindness, kidney disease, and loss of sensation in your feet. There's no cure for type 2 diabetes, but losing weight, eating well, and exercise can help manage the disease. If diet and exercise aren't enough, you may also need diabetes meds or insulin. These patients can usually follow with the primary care physician unless complications require a diabetes specialist. With type 1, patients need insulin, coordinate meals and activity with the right dose of insulin, and frequent monitoring of blood sugar levels. Best to follow with an endocrinologist, a diabetes specialist. Hear the entire show on yourradiodoctor.com. Next week, learn about the blood test, hemoglobin A1c, and the value of exercise. So divas, cut out that sugar. You're already sweet enough. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this evening by Jean Fedoni. Jean happens to be local to the Philadelphia area, and she's the president and CEO of Penn Community Bank, um, which is one of our sponsors. We're very grateful. And um, Jean, I wanted to, before the break, just before the break, you shared very openly about growing up with a, a mom who suffered from mental illness. And I'm, you know, the curiosity in me trying to connect those dots, as I always do, has me wondering what you think that experience, or I shouldn't say what, how that shaped you as a professional woman leading a team of over 350 people. Thanks. Yeah. So 
I think one of the most interesting things, um, as I've come across others who have dealt with some challenging, you know, first family experiences, maybe such as alcoholism in the family, mental illness, is that we really um, hone our radar um, to pick up on what's going on in the room and in the environment. And most of us become very tenacious as far as how to navigate through a variety of circumstances and still make our own way. Um, I think I had that from a very, very early age. Um, and I also really, um, I, I think I just had the, the strength to know that I was on my own, which in some, you know, areas can say, oh, well, that's a shame. Well, it gave me the courage and the strength to be who, who I am. I had to learn how to connect later in life. And that's also given me an opportunity, as I said, I think before the break, I found substitutes. And I always say to young people, if you don't get your cup filled up, right, when you grew up, you can still fill it. You can fill it by, you know, getting, gosh, I have such wonderful relationships with both men and women. And it took some, you know, learning and, and some effort. But that as well, I mean, in the workplace has given me, I believe, a high degree of compassion, uh, understanding, um, and connection to others that I don't think I would have had if I had not had the challenges when I was a young girl. And, and how about um, your ability to trust? Trusting people, I think, um, is often more difficult for children who grew up with circumstances like that. Yes, um, I have heard that before. I would say, though, that in my opinion, it really starts with trusting yourself. And because I was on my own, I, I really had this compass um, from very early on. And I would say rather than trust, you know, I still deal with issues sometimes, um, I guess they might call it post-traumatic stress disorder, where once in a while, I'll still get a little twinge of, uh-oh, something bad could be about to happen, you, you, right? right? Yes, like a, yes. waiting maybe for another shoe to drop or something like that. Um, but I would suggest that I, don't, I never had trust issues, and I believe that's probably from a really strong bond that I had from, from the time I was born with my father. Yeah. So um, I did get enough, right? They always say yes. good enough parenting is good enough uh, yes. to launch us into the world, really. Right. And not only that, I think it's, it's always um, a benefit to have a a father telling a daughter that he believes in her yes, and that she can right. do right follow mm -hmm. her dreams um, I want to share a quote um, you said I always had a direct communication style but as I evolved over the years the softer and more authentic I've become and the more effective I am Yes. Tell, tell me what that means to you. <laughs> yeah. So I think because of the industry, um, because of my background, I just explained, you know, with my father and I had two brothers and then I'm in a male dominated industry. I do think early on I fit in very well because I was just very, very direct and matter of fact and businesslike. And I really believe that that's the way it was supposed to be. I did. I did achieve things. Uh, but as I got further along in my career, I realized that listening more than talking, sensing, feeling, uh, 
compassion, understanding, uh, really became at the forefront of how I continued um, in my career. And I really believe how I became, you know, even had the opportunity to become a president and CEO and then be effective in the job. Um, Yeah, really a revelation. I I would say I'm 60. I would say probably when I was 50, I started on that journey. Oh, I wanted to to ask you because I think, you know, it's that recognition of the power of EQ. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know when that was first um, um, embraced and and talked about, but I don't know. It's something that we knew when we were young. But it's interesting that you were playing the role of a leader, right? Mm-hmm. The, and behaving the way you felt you should, mm-hmm. and yet you were still effective. Yes. But talk about how you believe now even more so in tapping into more of who you are, that authentic right. self, as you say. Yes. Um, and so really, um, I think it's the secret sauce, uh, because in business, I think many of us, men and women, can get ahead and really have high positions. Now, the next step is, can we be incredible at leading, right? Can we be super leaders? And both men and women I've met who have achieved that status have tapped into their souls. I love that. Yeah. And let me ask you a question. I know one of your favorite books is... Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself oh, by yeah. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Was there a, an aha moment for you from reading that book? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I left a 31-year marriage and a, a friend gave me that book and I, I sat down and read it and started to practice the meditations and really started as a hobby. Um, that was my first book, getting into studying brain science and uh, you know thought patterns, uh, neural networks. And I am now, gosh, over four years meditating daily and I can tell you that I've absolutely changed my brain. Uh, and what's so interesting is even though um, that sounds so much like a science book, it actually led me to a place where realizing what I don't know has opened up an incredible journey of learning and leadership, right? right. Because yes. when we think we know, we're done, when we, right. when we think we know, we don't take the next person's opinion in the room because we think we already know. So Absolutely. now I spend most of my days saying I don't know, which people laugh at because I'm the CEO of a company. I just go, <laughs> I don't know. No, I think that's honest. I say I all know. the time, people are so certain of things. And I yes. always say, I'm not certain of anything. There's so much no. I don't know. I think being right? certain being certain is a pretty scary place to be, especially in today's world, right? I mean, yeah. we're all trying to navigate so yes yeah and figure it out um we're going to go into our our next break and we'll pick up when we come back with gene vedoni again the president and ceo of penn community bank stay with us for our watch team now the women to watch military watch hi i'm carol eggert senior vice president of military you have one unheard message Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop. 
and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. Affairs at Comcast, NBC Universal. Did you know that on Tuesday, October 26th, we celebrate the National Day of the Deployed? This was started in 2006 in North Dakota, but that day is now observed by all 50 states, and it is to remind the American people of the men and women of our armed forces who are deployed around the globe. It's another example of the changing relationship between the American people and their military. Though we have more work to do to close the military-civilian culture gap, we can't ignore the tremendous progress made over the last 20 years in building better understanding and connections between the military community and civilians. So if you're looking to support service members and military families missing their loved ones, check with the many veteran service organizations in your local area. And if you live near a military base, reach out to the base's Family Resource Center. Whether they're providing humanitarian aid, building relationships with allied militaries, or in harm's way in a combat zone, our nation's service members are representing our values and our ideals all around the world, seven days a week, 365 days a year. To the families of these brave men and women, we see you and recognize your sacrifice and resilience as your loved one in uniform serves on behalf of the American people. And to my deployed or soon to be deployed brothers and sisters in arms, be proud, be professional, complete the mission, and return safely to your families and friends. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net. N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Jean Fedoni. And um, Jean, we should talk about your role as the president and CEO of a bank. First of all, you've been banking for over 35 years. That's yes. a long time. First of all, what do you love about it? What I love about it, it's absolutely a people business. Um, and many think it's a numbers business. Um, 
and that you need to be an accountant. It's actually a people business and we do nothing actually except assist and serve customers in um, their whole financial journey for their life, whether they're a business owner or a resident. Uh, and that's very that's a very personal thing as, as, as you might imagine. Dealing with our money is psychological, emotional, tied to our careers. So very important part of life, right, is our, econom- yes. our economic development. It's well, it's everything, right? Because money, whether good or bad, makes the world go around, right? Mm-hmm. We, in order to sustain our lives. Um, the mission of Penn Community Bank is to be a catalyst for growth in the community. Is there anything that's happening? Um, there's a lot of fear right now because of the pandemic and its after effects. Is there anything you can share with us that's exciting that's taking place in the community, whether it's Montgomery County, Bucks County, um, in the um, the area that you serve that sure. would give our listeners some hope? Yes. Things that are developing. Yes, I would say that, um, you know, community banking, you know, we tend to be connected uh, right, you know, on Main Street, we call it, of, of these towns in our counties. And I'll use as an example, um, I'm on the Bucks County Economic Recovery Task Force from COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So I do get a front row seat and get to sit at the table um, with all of the observations that are being made across the country about what changes have occurred because of COVID. COVID. Um, Some of the companies have um, across the country have always planned for a disaster of a pandemic. Some regulated businesses, we had to have a plan and we did. But what we didn't include in the plan was the change of behavior of the population having experienced what we've experienced um, Mm. since 2020. Um, As you might know, people are um, resigning from their jobs. They're retiring early if they can economically. Mm-hmm. Some people are affected economically because of a job change because of COVID. There have been an incredible, it's like a barbell effect. There's opportunities for growth and change as we morph into a new type of economy. And then there are people who are greatly suffering. Uh, right. The food pantries in Bucks County are up over 40% in need uh, from a pre-pandemic level. We tend to call it at our bank, it's like the have and the ha- have nots. And it's easy if you're on the have, you don't even recognize there are the have-nots, right? And at the same time, looking at the global picture, there have been both some very positive things, change, rapid Mm -hmm. change in the use Mm -hmm. of technology and pushing us forward. Um, And then there have been terrible tragedies um, all happening at the same time and very quickly. That's so interesting to me that you actually had a plan in place should there be a a pandemic, a global pandemic. Yes, any other banker will remember the bird flu, <laughs> and and we had we had to cut. We, yeah, we have to have written disaster recovery plans. I think um, medical. Uh, yeah, same thing. But unintended consequences, just like Hurricane Sandy was a disaster, and we thought we had it all figured out. And then when it happened, uh, many of us did go down because cell towers went down, for example, or we didn't. Correct. You know, you just didn't anticipate everything. Um, and that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Can you can you talk a little bit about um, just in general how internet banking and online bill pay and you know mobile banking has changed the industry and and where you see that going? Yeah, I can tell you how it's changed it and how it hasn't, right? So when I got out of college, um, 
we were just introducing the ATM automatic teller machine and everyone said tellers would disappear in the next you know five years ten years and that was 1983 um, and that has not occurred now the pace of change has become faster, absolutely. Um, and so during the pandemic, for the first time, and many bankers were saying, oh, thank God, finally, there were many, um, I would say, more senior people who were avoiding technology, who got thrown into it because of the pandemic when they couldn't visit a branch. And their children and their grandchildren taught them how to deposit a check with their phone, how to use internet banking. And yeah. now the use of technology has exploded in the 60 plus age range it's incredible and they're enjoying it so right right, yeah. right? but it's at the, good for them I think yeah, mentally right absolutely to learn. right but at yeah. the end of the day the people part of dealing with your finances it is not easy it's confusing mm. I mean mm-hmm. the date you're not going to go online and push one button if you go on to get a mortgage for example they say oh you can get a mortgage in five minutes you go on the site and it gives you like 35 product options so how do you know right too much choice too much information um and it's really difficult to navigate and it's stressful because it's your money what if i make a mistake so it's really more than ever um we're finding the resurgence of community banking i mean during the pandemic um many of the smaller businesses couldn't get a hold of their larger institution um, and and they could get a hold of senior executives at community banks. And we ended up across the country. I'm very privileged to sit on the National Federal Reserve Community Banking um, Council. And so I was exposed to, you know, all of the CEOs across the country who participate. There's 17 of us. It's the same. Community banking has really um, almost like a resurgence of appreciation for what role we do play. Of course, big banks play a role, but community banking is here for the long haul and it's because of the people part it's not you know and we are up to date on the technology which is a a gift you know we can we can compete with the commercial banks but we have that um we're under the umbrella of care as i call it the personal care i think we're seeing that across the board that because dealing with any larger institution seems to be so much more complicated in getting an answer that people are going to smaller even if it's, you know, retail shops rather than the big, you know, the big box stores. So I, there's a lot of shift happening there. It's really interesting. Yes, yes. And I also believe that uh, younger, um, you know, workers and employees, they want a value-driven uh, place to work. Um, mm-hmm. People who have been through the pandemic have a renewed appreciation for what they do have and for each other. They're, the work-life balance has been tilted. We got sent home to work. Some people don't want to leave now to their houses know, to come back. So this is quite interesting what's happening to us as far yeah. as uh, balancing the mind and heart, right, as we go to our Correct. next chapter. It's it, yes. it, quite incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're going to go into our last break and stay with us for our watch team coming up. And I'll be back with Gene Vidoni, the president and CEO of Penn Community Bank. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jen Welker, and you are listening to Sports Watch. It is a lot of pressure because, you know, as I say, um, it's, it's starting to be trendy now to hear women say, oh, the first and not the last, right? But I've been living in the space of first for well over 
seven years now, right? Being the first woman to play in men's pro football, all that stuff. And what's challenging about that is the reason why it's so important to stay first and not last is because you as the first do not want to be the reason why you are also simultaneously the last. We had a girl once, but dot, dot, dot. And this is why that door is firmly closed for all of those who might try and, you know, enter this place in this space thereafter. And that is a very scary and very tough position to be in, right? And so that's why it is so important to be first and to be good so that there is a second, third, and fourth. And so I always say that that there is pressure, but having played for a very long time on the Dallas Diamonds, which was my football team, um, I would look at it and just say, like, if they knew what we would become, they never would have put us under so much pressure because a diamond is a direct result of pressure. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm, I'm really enjoying my conversation with Jean Vadoni, the president and CEO of Penn Community Bank. Um, Jean, there's many things that you're involved in outside of your role as mom and CEO and president. And I know two causes that are near and dear to your heart are uh, Habitat for Humanity and the United Way. And I wonder if you can just talk about why those two um, causes are important to you. Sure. Um I'll start first with Habitat for Humanity. Um, I've actually had the privilege of being able to hand over the keys to a home, you know, to the family who obtains a new home. I've done that on several occasions. Uh, Penn Community Bank has been involved with Habitat of Humanity of Bucks County for, for many years. Um, we actually participate on home builds. Um, I always brag about our company that when we there is a home build, um, we put out on our intranet for volunteers and they sell out there's a waiting list and then um yeah and then of course covid has has stopped that but really um any volunteer or nonprofit work that I've done has a similar theme, whether it's United Way, Habitat for Humanity, and there's an anti-poverty organization um, called Bucks County Opportunity Council that I, I chaired the board of. And it has to do with when I see um a person, a family, transform themselves, um, literally um, recreating an opportunity when there might have not been one, mm-hmm. and the fortitude <laughs> that I see and how hard these folks uh, work, harder than I ever had to work. Um, there's something in me. I mean, my father did grow up on coal mining property in Wheeling, West Virginia, and, um, you know, didn't have a bathroom until he was 15. And I think that some of that is in my DNA. Um, Mm. and it's just, you know, in my heart and, uh, anything I can do to contribute and be involved with helping, uh, folks thrive, not survive, thrive. Um, and I mean it. I see it every day. I see it. It's like miracles. It's like seeing a miracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
That's so nice. I mean, what a great, um, a really special part of the work that you do to watch someone go from one place to another. You know, tell me a little bit about in those opportunities, how much of that is um, having the funds or, you know, the money to do something, perhaps to have a house for the first time. But then that belief system, that ability to believe that they can sustain it. Yeah. So. Um, I have a theory. I've seen it okay. so often that I, I, I think it's I think it's my truth. Let's just call it that. And that is um, most of folks who give money to causes um, provide the economic sustenance, right, of that part of the program. Mm. Um, and sometimes we'll even hear people say um, it's not a hand up, it's a hand out. It's a hand up, it's not a hand out. And I always say, um, I, it's a hand over, it's a hand across. It's a, mm. it is a connection. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. So yes, we need funds, we need resources, but beyond that to sustain, we need connections to each other. And, um, it's an amazing, and it happens all over the world, right? It happens in the workplace. You know, when we have retirement parties for folks, they don't stand up on the stage and show us their, you know, W-2s for the last, you know, 50 years. They talk about who helped them, mm. right? They talk yes. about who yes. set them straight or who sat them down or who encouraged them when they were disappointed. So much of our life has nothing to do with money. And, and I, when we get into our, you know, financial uh, work as being a sponsor of your program, I think you're going to see that it's one piece of the puzzle and it's an important piece of the puzzle, but it is not the puzzle. I couldn't agree with you more. I I actually have another quote here that you said 80% of what I do day to day has nothing to do with a calculator or the bank. It has everything to do with being in touch with people. When I read that, I thought, gosh, that's so true. And I sometimes scratch my head when I think about why did it take so long for companies to recognize the fact that if they pay more attention to the well-being of their employees and the people that are working for them, um, they will have more success, right? Absolutely. Uh, I always say to my team, you know, they they lift me up and they push me forward. Um, and that is what I consider to be a healthy culture. So I don't feel like I, you know, I'm trying to drag an elephant up a hill. Um, And how that occurs is by daily work on the fabric of that culture, right? It's uh, writing my personal notes to people. It's visiting. It's talking to customers. It is participating in the community in these nonprofits. It's truly showing up, showing up and being me and interacting. And if we all did it all the time, consistently, and you know, cultures are different. Um, I always say, you know, there's no one great thing. So for example, Penn Community Bank, we do have a mission. I happen to fit in very well with that mission. I didn't create it right? I found the right place to be. A lot of it is fit. Um, So first of all, you know, getting educated and finding out what you're good at and what you're interested in waking up and doing. And then secondly, finding the right fit 
where you do it is really so key and integral to having a healthy culture. But once you feel it, you know you have it, and then you have to work yeah. at keeping it, right? Right. Well, I, I just would imagine you, that you are an incredible leader. You're so um, so grounded and um, calm, I'll say. There's, a, there's something about your energy, I think, that's very... Uh, probably calming and soothing. Tell me, we only have a minute left. Two, two quick questions. Are you seeing more women starting businesses and, and, you know, coming for funds for that? And what is your daily mantra for the stressful times? Yes. So um, absolutely, women are getting uh, the courage and there's more opportunities to navigate starting a business, more support from both large and small banks and, and different community organizations. I think overall, um, entrepreneurism is up because of, of the pandemic. Um, and as far as, you know, the mantra for this particularly stressful time is um, show up every day, right? Do your meditation, do whatever you need to do to calm yourself and, and, and show up to navigate and connect with people. And we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Very good. Great way to end the show. Um, we're going to have to have you come back and talk about all these topics and at more length. Um, thank you so much, Jean, for taking thank some you. time. Thank and I'm you. very excited to have you joining us. Me too. Thank you. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my conversation with Dana Bookman. Dana is the founder and CEO of Canadian Girls Baseball. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.